Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Paul Davis. Uh, I had a chance to meet Paul a couple of years ago in Austin. We got to know one another through the DuckFeed.tv group. Paul is one third of the podcast Megaton Marathon, which is going through every SMT game and Persona game known to man, uh, which is an extremely brave choice. Um, at the end of this podcast, I mentioned that I'm going to be releasing all three of those on the same day, and for various reasons, that didn't happen. Uh, but that's that's okay because I know for a fact that you're going to enjoy this conversation that I had with Paul. So thanks and enjoy listening. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Like how, what, what got you into dark souls? Like how did you find out about it? And when did you start playing it? Well, I, you know, I had an experience that was really similar, I think with uh, dark souls where uh, I bought the games when they were on sale, uh, probably Dark Souls 2 um, and Bloodborne. And I was like, this is the most hateful thing I have ever played. And it's not fun. <laughs> and the people who are into it uh, are insane. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think that... Uh, Gary and Cole on Bonfire Side Chat have said that um, a lot of people come to Dark Souls when, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, something in their life has happened that's kind of, you know, you can equate to a, uh, you know, fire burning down a forest in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just like grabs you. Um and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I got into Dark Souls was I uh, was getting basically dental surgery every couple weeks and was going through a real tough bout of uh, depression. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to – I you need something that I'm going to just completely wholeheartedly throw myself into. And so the first one that I played was Bloodborne. Um, and then I went backwards. So I played scholar and then dark souls one and then, uh, uh, demon souls and then, um, dark souls three. So that was kind of my, my process. Yeah. My progression. Um, yeah. What was, um, like, what kind of games, like I know you from the Mega 10 Marathon podcast, which you host with a couple other guys that were also be on the show. So I know you like SMT games and Persona, but like what other kind of stuff were you playing around the time that you got into Bloodborne? Or were you playing anything? Uh, you know, I was playing a lot of uh, SMT games. Okay. Um, uh, you know, and I feel like there's a certain similarity uh, between um, SMT games and Dark Souls just in the sense that uh, they're kind of uh, uh, antagonistic to the player. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I was playing a lot of SMT games on the 3DS. Um, And uh, let's see, what else was I playing at the time? Uh, You know, I really love Platinum games and Bloodborne has been described as the most Platinum of uh, the Dark Souls ga- or the Soulsborne games, and so that was definitely the one to, that really kind of like grabbed me mm-hmm. uh, because of the sim- similarity to uh, 
you know, platinum games. Um, yeah. yeah um, was it a big adjustment, like from a difficulty perspective? Because I mean, Bloodborne is is pretty hard, uh, especially if you're not used to playing Souls games. But was it was it extremely challenging? Like, did you get frustrated while you were playing it, or did you kind of? Oh come to God, it? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Uh, I I was going through um and what what is what is in Bloodborne the fight the first one I'm sorry I didn't you broke up a little bit so I didn't quite hear the question yeah the first beast in Bloodborne that you fight the cleric beast yeah the cleric beast um you know I I just died and died and died and um I tend to play Soulsborne games like JRPGs Mm-hmm. Um, so I just do a lot of grinding and leveling. Um, and I, in Bloodborne, I couldn't do any grinding and leveling, leveling until I did the, uh, the Clara Beast. Um, or I didn't realize that you could get some insight beforehand. Um, and then after that, you know, I mean, I just did a bunch of grinding and got my levels up and it got a little easier then, but it was still, definitely harder than you know and in, in an action context definitely harder than any game that i had played at the time what was it uh like did you eventually towards the end of it like kind of come to terms with the the mechanics and everything or did you struggle the whole way through because like if you're used to grinding and to get through games like Bloodborne, you can do that, but it's not going to lend yourself like like you'd have to grind through the chalice dungeons to get specific gems and stuff to really do stuff like that. So I'm curious, like, did you did you turn make that turn at some point? Yeah, at a, at a certain turn, I got around the mechanics. I did not do the chalices, uh, but I got my head around the mechanics. Um, and when I got to the, the old hunters, like I really anything that I kind of like sort of half-assed through grinding mm-hmm. um the old hunters seem to uh make me really really learn uh the mechanics and how to fight especially the maria fight but also the living failures um yeah yeah so i uh i, I really picked it up by then though i would say that like some of my like platinum game skills like did pay off in the sense that um you know just the speed and being able to just kind of like roll around and roll into people Mm -hmm. um you know uh, that got me pretty far uh in the game um so yeah did you were you kind of just like brought into the world? Like, cause most people, when they start playing a souls game, they, they immediately kind of latch onto the lore or, or something. And like, they go out and they discover this whole community. Did you get into any of that stuff or was this specifically just a solo experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would say I'm not a like big medieval fantasy guy. So mm-hmm. souls games are less, uh, engaging in that sense. Uh, but Bloodborne, I'm I'm a big Lovecraft and uh, you know kind of like midi or uh, you know sort of like Victorian horror kind of guy. So you know I was doing I was like watching all the lore videos. I was going in and uh, you know reading the wikis and all that kind of stuff to get sto- get the stories out of it. You know and. 
I think this is a common experience in Souls games, at least for me, where um, as I'm playing them, I'm not really following the lore, and then I need to uh, then go and do wikis and listen to bonfire side chat and whatnot to actually wrap my head around the lore. <laughs> like most normal people do. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most people like re- they really like the lore, but when it actually comes to putting it together, have no idea about it. Like I'm like that. I can't put this stuff together in my head the way that Gary or someone like body video does. Yeah. And there's still stuff that I'm just completely mystified about. Like I, 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 I don't get the undead curse in the souls games. Like I understand how it works out from a like sort of like plotting point of view, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't get where it came from. I don't, you know, it's like, I, 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 I don't know. It's just like, there's something about the undead curse that just like, I can't really wrap my head around. Like, I, I don't feel like they've really, um, like given a, justification for how it happened. It's just like always been that way. You know, maybe I'm missing like a major thing, but it's, it's something that I'm, I think that they started with dark souls one of like, okay, we have this undead curse. Like you're going to have this mark of the dark sign. You're going to get put into this asylum and then, you know, you're going to go try to ring those bells. But then like, once you start expanding that to two and three, I, I don't think they had any idea where they were going with it or what to do with it. So when you try to add up, the lore from about the undead curse from one to two to three, it just, a lot of it just doesn't make sense or is directly contradictory. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I've almost gotten to the point now and I've I've said this before where I just ignore dark souls two and three. And I'm like, okay, those are just like fan fiction. Dark souls one is the real lore (laughs) (laughs) because it's just, it's just easier that way for me. Like it's dark souls one is at least understandable for, and has a like clear lines and themes through it. Whereas dark souls two and three, I think there, I mean, there's some stuff there, but it's just not, not nearly as appealing to me. Well, I mean, I I feel like uh, Dark Souls 2 uh, is actually pretty resonant for me because of uh, the way it treats the Undead Curse and Vendrick uh, as uh, as being victims of uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. And I live with my grandmother uh, as she was going through dementia, so that really that really um, resonated with me. And especially when you get to Vendrick, and he's just like naked and you know walking around in a circle dragging a sword it's just you know that and there's other like subplots that sort of deal with dementia um even though they don't they don't spell it out it's pretty clearly a theme um so yeah that that was really resonant for me in dark souls too but i think you know i would agree with you that in general dark souls one fits together better than the other souls games as, as a story. Is that emotionally affecting when you've dealt with those kind of things personally? And then you put in dark souls two to ostensibly, <clears throat> excuse me, ostensibly, you know, relax and have a good time and play a video game. And then you're confronted with the same kind of themes. Like, is that, does that make the game harder to play? Not necessarily like more challenging, but just like, is it, because it would, for me, video games are very much a, a function of just relaxing and hanging out, right? Like I just want to have a good time with them. So if if all of a sudden I was playing a video game and it just reminded me how crappy I was in high school, like I'd be very bummed out about that. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, does it make it more difficult? To yeah, play? I, you know, I think that it was. It's such a rare theme in video mm-hmm. games, um, and I, you know, I, I go back and forth on the, you know, 
video, you know, our video games are, you know, I do think they are, but a lot of the games that are ostensibly art are not, you know, very arty games are not very enjoyable to me. Um, but I think Dark Souls too, like, um, and Dark Souls in general, or the Soulsborne games in general, like hit on some really resonant themes. And specifically with the Dementia stuff, it was just like, you know, it, it really hit me, um, you know, and I was going through, it really hit me at the right time, I think. And I was going through some, you know, issues in my personal life and, you know, it was it was just really resonant, and it was like really refreshing to see those kind of themes uh, kind of touched upon. Because I, I don't think they're touched upon in culture in general. And you know, it's been like fifteen years uh, since my grandmother passed away, and you know, so it's it's not like really fresh, but it's something that I would like to see more, you know, pieces of culture, you know, touch upon. Um, so yeah, you know, and in general, like, you know, I, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm playing games because I want to have fun with them, Mm -hmm. but you know, there are games that definitely, you know, hit me on a deeper level, you know, and that I definitely just recently had that, uh, feeling with uh, near automata, you know, there's a lot of really kind of fascinating themes in that too. So, you know, yeah, it's near, especially like, man, they, they play with that stuff in ways that I just, I never expect, like even going back to the original one, like there's some, there's some stuff that they do in those games that just other games just don't do like, and I, it it's weird because like with the first one you have to fight through like the kind of clunkiness of the combat to really get at that stuff. And with the newest one, you kind of have to fight through like, not to just blanket the term anime all over the place, but like <laughs> your main character is like a, a an anime lady that's blindfolded with a katana and high heels and a short skirt, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to look at that and go like, okay, well this is going to be a serious game about serious issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is you know it's it's kind of a uh, I mean uh, I think you're saying that you just finished playthrough a. Um, I mean that anime stuff. Um, persists but yeah it gets darker and darker as you go on with through the subsequent playthroughs does uh so like when you're playing dark souls 2 and we'll, we'll get back to bloodborne in a minute because i know that's where you started yeah. but um, specifically kind of dwelling on this dimension thing is that something that you feel like dark souls 2 did well overall like did it handle that, that kind of issue well from someone with personal experience from it with it I think I think I handled it really well, um, you know, with the Vendrick storyline, and I can't remember the name of the character, but Luke the one, yeah, Luke Teal. Um, I think I handled it really well, and I appreciated that it did not like say that this is the theme um, uh, in exposition, you know, and like mm-hmm. the game begins with like you, you know, forgetting you will forget, like uh, you know what why you were there and who you are um that's like one of the first messages in the game um and so it's kind of like it just sort of you know it 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 touches upon them in a way that i feel is resonant um 
I think if it was full of exposition about it, uh, it would not be as, as effective. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like it did touch on, um, a lot of those themes and, and interesting and, you know, really kind of, you know, for me, uh, meaningful way i guess like like because we've had people on before um like coffee jesus that runs cj that runs twin humanities and um there's a guest neo loki that does a bunch of crazy cool bloodborne videos that they've kind of bonded over lucatil storyline specifically because of these issues because they had personal issues with it as well and it's it's really interesting to me that um because dementia as a as a disease almost is barely talked about in like mainstream media, right? Like you just mm-hmm. don't see it. And if it is, it's like, Oh, it, mostly like it's just Alzheimer's. Like that's what you see in like a, like a, a drama on TV or something. Cause they just don't deal with this stuff at all. So it's, it's really strange to me that this like crazy Japanese developer decided to like include these themes in this, in the game. Like I, I don't know where it came from. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know that they've ever really talked about it in interviews or, or anything because I haven't, the only, only stuff I've really read is from the uh, design works and I don't really talk about it at all as far as I know. So I'd be curious where this came from. Like, do you, I just like, why from <laughs> like, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it, it could have been that's one of the, one of the designers like dealt with it themselves, you know? Um, but you know, who, who, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, um, it's, 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 it's hard to say where that came from. Um, did it but, make it, yeah. uh, like when you play through that game, like it, when you saw that stuff, like it, cause that kind of, all that stuff kind of happens towards the back end of it. Like, were you like, Oh shit, like this is what I've been doing the whole time. And then did it make you like more interested in playing it to see where those themes go? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and you know, I, I feel like also, you know, later really late game stuff, you know, kind of abandons that. Um, but, uh, it definitely made me more engaged in the game. Um, and made me, you know, like just kind of fascinated to see where things went. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't pay off in like an incredibly satisfying way, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like just the instances that you get are effective. It's one of those situations where it doesn't have to be perfect for me to like it a whole lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause I, c- I can forgive media a lot of stuff. Like if it really tries hard, as long as it doesn't veer off into something totally inappropriate. So, so it, the fact that they even tried is, is pretty impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I also wonder, and I, you know, I don't have a lot of um, knowledge, even though I, host a um, podcast about some really Japanese-ass video games. I don't have a lot of knowledge about Japanese culture, and I would like to have more. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like some of those themes are a little more, you know, I I feel like they kind of, like, tie into, uh, you know, what I know from, uh, you know, uh, sort of, like, 
certain Buddhist practices and people who like, you know, become like Buddhist monks and sort of like lose their, lose their identities basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that those themes kind of get underserved in the discussion of the game or the, you know, there's, there's a lot of like Japanese influence in the games um, that, you know, I know a few people touch upon, a few of Lorcers touch upon, but not too many. Yeah, most of it is, um, most of the stuff that I've seen, rather, is, is mostly serves for, like, translation stuff. Like, we want to go see what this meant in the original language so that we can then try to use that to get a more in-depth look at the story or the character or whatever that they're talking about. Like, it's it's not necessarily a, you know, what is the historical or the, you know, the, social context for this kind of stuff being made so which i think would be an interesting study right like give me that youtube mm-hmm. channel <laughs> internet yeah <laughs> stop, yeah, stop yelling about video games and start like actually <laughs> talking about stuff and if that channel exists and, I, and i've ignored it like just let me know like you know right into the show or whatever we'll, yeah I'd, I'd love to know too well let's um so you started with bloodborne and obviously mm-hmm. you, you played that and you you sounds like you kind of fell in love with it like you, you were really into it um it, despite the like you said you weren't much of a, a horror or a lovecraftian guy oh um, no i i'm big horror and oh well, I'm a, I'm big, a like guy. victorian I'm horror and Lovecraftian gotcha. guy. Um, that's right yeah, i'm sorry i got that twisted in my head you're not much of the no, fantasy the the like the Dungeons and Dragons fantasy kind of stuff. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, so all of that stuff really, really like hit me in the right in the right spot. Um, Had you been spoiled on the the actual twist towards the middle, where it takes like after you beat Rom, and all of a sudden you see you know these great Goliath and nightmares basically pop out of the sky. <laughs> I feel like I had been spoiled on it a little bit because like some of my entrance in the games was just listening to uh, bonfire side chat without actually playing the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of like what made me fascinated with the games just because I really enjoy carrying Colt's podcast and there's another one to listen to. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I was spoiled on it, but I don't feel like it really ruined my enjoyment. The first half of the game because, you know, you're getting that sort of, like, Victorian horror uh, element in it, you know, and lots of, like, weird, run-down, like, Victorian cities and stuff like that, which I definitely dig as well. What was it like, just from a mechanical perspective, when you moved backwards? Because Bloodborne is such a, like, a fast game. Like you mentioned, it's it gets to kind of will actually, you know, scratch that platinum itch to a, a limited degree. Uh, but then you go to something like Dark Souls 2 where you start off in Dark Souls 2 just moving incredibly slow. Like, everything you do is, is just, like, feels like you're weighted down the entire time. Was that a big adjustment for you? It was. And um, I actually played Dark Souls 2 um, because of Bloodborne's, uh, you know, policy against shields um i actually i actually got through about three quarters of uh dark souls 2 uh not using a shield nice good job Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and just trying to play it as much like bloodborne as i possibly possibly could you know Mm -hmm. once i got past the slope 
part of it. I got, you know, light armor. I did research online what I needed to do to move as fast as possible. And I, yeah, I really tried to, uh, you know, play it as much like Bloodborne as I possibly could. Um, and then, you know, in Dark Souls 1, that really kind of resists <laughs> playing it like Bloodborne. Um, so I, it's, I, I it's don't think really it was hard until, to do that in Dark Souls 1. Like, it's just, it's almost yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Dark Souls 1 is where I really got into the group with, uh, with, uh, um, you know, Dark Souls slower combat and slower movement and uh, slower pace. But, um, you know, it, I, I just, though I prefer kind of like fast paced games, um, other than like JRPGs, uh, I, you know, I just kind of like was like, okay, this is just going to be a slower experience and I can just kind of like dig it you know, and just kind of like getting that zone. Um, and uh, once I did, I really enjoyed it. Nice. It just took, it took, it took you some time to adjust then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know how I got as far in dark souls to uh, my first playthrough <laughs> without a shield. But, uh, <laughs> it's um, you know, by the time Dark Souls two rolled around, I had been playing so much PvP in Dark Souls one that I was just going without a shield anyway. So, uh, it was surprisingly easy. Like you just, if you, if you, like, I quickly realized, like, oh, I need to up my agility a whole lot. Like, I need to get my fast roll back. And then once you have a fast roll, mm-hmm. it's, you know, roll behind something and backstab it. Roll behind something, and stab it in the butt. Like that was <laughs> yeah, kind of my totally, yeah. Dark Souls, the video game, stab it in the butt. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. I don't even know why they bother printing strategy guys when you can just literally sum it up in one sentence almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that you were playing these games like during a pretty hard time in your life. Were you during this? Were you kind of experiencing any of the social stuff with either Bloodborne or Dark Souls or anything? Like, were you summoning people or getting summoned or invading? Were you participating in any of that, or was it pretty much just a single-player game? I was doing the summoning. Um, not so much in Bloodborne, because, you know, summoning in Bloodborne is kind of a hopeless activity. Uh, um, yeah, the password system but, uh, killed it or made it great because like it makes it easy to do it but i think most people just go to reddit and like find somebody to like, get summoned so that there's no like just signs laying everywhere nobody just rings their bell so. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and so in dark souls 2 i you know when i got to dark souls 2 i definitely got a lot more into summoning um not a big pvp guy uh i find that i get my ass kicked pretty often and it's just not fun for me mm-hmm. but uh i definitely did a lot of summoning for bosses um in uh dark souls 2 well what was next so like you went to dark souls 2 after bloodborne and then you went mm-hmm. to dark souls 1 which is had to be even further of an adjustment and then from there you went to demon souls like so you're going backwards in time basically did, like did you have a ps3 laying around for smt games that you that you had or did you go like seek it out specifically for souls uh, you know, I had a PS3. I actually kind of skipped a lot of that era, um, and I got a PS4, and then I was like, oh, there's all these great games that I missed on the PS3, so I got a like, refurbished PS3. Um, 
for some reason, I was pretty satisfied with uh, the Wii for most of uh, that generation <laughs> um, until I realized all the stuff uh, I had been missing on PlayStation. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my PS3. I mean, I've only had it probably for a couple of years, um, and so. Yeah, Dark Souls was definitely one of the first games that I got. Um, and, you know, I, I I think that of the Souls games, Dark Souls 1 is just, you know, it's, it is the best game. I, oh yeah, I, I think it's the best. I, I don't think it's necessarily the one I've had the most fun playing, but I think from kind of like a critical point of view, it's definitely the best. Like I love um, the way it, the uh, whole world is interconnected. Um, in fact, I have one of those really cool posters of the Dark Souls. Uh, world, yeah, uh, TEDx dude. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to try to get that dude on the show sometime. He's a big Dark Souls oh, fan, so I'd, I'd love. Yeah. To, hey, if you're out there, TEDx, let, let me know. Like, I follow him on Twitter. I literally just haven't asked. Like, I probably should just ask some point, at some point. But yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful, and I love the fact that it all fits together. Um, Did you get his two companion pieces, the the tiny ones, the painted world I, and the undead asylum? I thought those were cool too. I did not. I only got the uh, Dark Souls one. Uh, one. I've got kind of a problem where I have very limited uh, wall space at this point because I have so much up. So I have a problem of buying stuff to put on my completely empty walls and then just never getting around to doing it. So like, <laughs> I think I have all three in the tube that they ship to me, and like that's it's just ridiculous. Like I've got to start framing stuff at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, what, you know, what about, I think, what about Dark Souls One? Is 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 makes it the the best game in your in your mind? You know, I think from a design standpoint, it's it's just you know what it's just fa- fantastic. Um, and it's you know, like I said, it's partially the interconnected world. It's the way it kind of um, sort of teaches you uh, without doing any kind of like direct tutorials. Um, mm-hmm. It teaches, it teaches you um, how to play it by playing it. Um, it's, I, I, I feel like the story hangs together uh, better than the other souls games. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I would say that um, I, I it's not my favorite combat in the Souls games, uh, but I can see, I can totally appreciate why it's other people's favorite combat in the games. Um, and I want to go back. I haven't really done much build variety but I understand that it's really the best for that. And I'd like to go through it and play it a second time and, uh, you know, try a totally different build. It's, um, I would actually say dark souls two is probably the best for build variety. Like if you want to get, Oh, okay. If like, if you just want like a crazy, a bunch of weapons and like weird weapons and weird ways to wield them, like dark souls two has 
like the power stancing stuff is just so good. Like it's so goofy and amazing that they like power stancing whips is some of the most fun I've ever had in PVP. I don't know how well it works in single player. Cause I was just respecting at that point, but power stance whips is crazy fun. Like it's just ridiculous. That's um, so great. I literally just did the, um, the thing. I think Gary talked about this in, on the way back when in that season of the show where, uh, you would start with the petrified something and try to trade it for the old whip immediately. And if it didn't work, I would just restart and <laughs> just did that over and over again <laughs> until I got one. Cause it was so much fun. But dark souls one is good. Like, did you do like a, cause you mentioned like trying to play it like bloodborne. Were you playing it with like faster weapons, like, like a dex based build or were you going straight? Yeah, I was definitely going dex based, uh, build and, uh, you know, I was putting, basically all of my, you know, uh, upgrades into decks and more HP and more stamina. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and by the time I got to Dark Souls one, I was not playing it nearly as much like, uh, Bloodborne. Um, Dark Souls 2 had pretty much taken that out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't ask this, but like, what's what's the timeline on this? Are you doing them right back-to-back, or are you taking breaks between the games? Oh, I, I, I started doing back-to-back. Oof. Um, yeah. That's a lot of souls. Yeah. It's a lot of souls. And by the time uh, I, I made it pretty much in time... Finishing up Demon Souls, I made it up pretty much in time for Dark Souls Three to come out. Jeez. Um, so, like, how? Yeah. Like, what's our time frame here from when you, when you started Bloodborne to finishing Dark Souls Three? Oh God! I mean, you know, like my play clock in these games is ridiculous. You know, because like <laughs> yeah, I said, same. I do a lot, a lot of grinding. <laughs> Uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm looking at like 130 hours in most of those games. Um, so yeah, I would say Bloodborne was about a couple years ago. Um, and each game, you know, I, I would be playing other games at the same time. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of like maybe each game took me like four to six months. Okay. So that's a lot of souls in a small amount of time. Yeah, it is. It is. And that I definitely got fatigued about halfway through dark souls three. Was it a, uh, like again, coming from bloodborne and by the time you get to dark souls one, you obviously had a pretty good grasp on the mechanics. Was that making the games easier for you at that point? Were you, were you kind of, like just kind of knowing when to block or not necessarily when to block if you weren't using a shield, but you know, knowing that stamina based uh, management of you know, how, when to attack, when not to attack, were you kind of coasting through dark souls one? Cause it is, it's a relatively easy game compared to bloodborne. I think. Yeah, no. Uh, and I was using a shield. It was dark souls two that I was using a shield. Um, okay. it was, my souls one, I was using a shield. Um, yeah, yeah. I was still, you know, I, I don't feel like I've actually gotten down parrying yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I was definitely getting like, you know, I definitely by that point, you know, knew sort of the rhythm of the games. Um, 
you know, other, other than parrying, um, you know, just sort of get behind an enemy <laughs> block as much as you can get behind an enemy and stab him in the butt, like you said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just trade blows with them and, uh, upgrade your Estus so you can just keep on, you know, saving your ass. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, by Dark Souls 1, I was definitely getting some of the, uh, some of the challenges um, of the games kind of really figured out. Did that extend to Demon um, Souls as well when you finally started that? So in Demon Souls, I was definitely having a difficult time Partially because by the time I got to it, I couldn't do any summoning on bosses. Um, And also, visually, I find, you know, the Valley of Defilement particularly hard to parse out. Like, I mean, if a game, a Souls game needs a remaster, I think it's that one. Um, like visually it just sort of like a lot of it just kind of washed over me. Um, and I just had a hard time, like just even seeing enemies and whatnot. Um, and And specifically, it's just so hard to to get through for me. Like I, I can't like most of the, most of the souls games I have down pretty good as far as knowing where stuff is, but man, the Valley defilement five, two is just like, where do I go? (laughs) Like, I'm just going to run to like, you know, like, uh, you know, lamp, not lamp, but like torch to torch basically and hope that I'm going the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that goddamn cave that like is like the closest to a maze. I think I've done in a souls game and I can't, I just get lost in it like repeatedly. Um, not, with, not Valley with that you could bypass by the worst shortcut in the souls game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, tower of Latria was worth it that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tower of Latria was super, super cool. So. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see that, you know, get, get a remaster of some sort. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I'm looking forward to E3. I'm hoping there's some from announcements. What I'm really hoping for, and I know this probably isn't going to happen is uh, dark souls one on switch. Yeah, they've they've kind of. I mean, I, I think the only thing that popped up was that they were they were developing for the Switch, right? Like their name was on a list of like one of those like giant banners with a bunch of developer logos on it. So people kind of <laughs> jumped to that conclusion. But I, I'd be really interested in that. Like if that, I don't know that it would make me buy a Switch. Like I haven't bought my Switch yet, and I'm probably not going to buy a Switch. But uh, I would very much love to. Um, like I said before the switch came out and I was still thinking they'd use their little me verse for like a social network. Like I, the idea of getting hate mail from dark souls, PVP and the me verse <laughs> format, just, it, it just tickled me to death. And I was like, Oh God, I'm finally, I would have bought a switch for that just so that I could revitalize dark souls haters just with, with nothing but me verse post about dark souls, PVP. Yeah. Me is amazing. I, I fired up my Wii U night and uh, I was just like scrolling through Meverse. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, go into the um, uh, the Netflix and Amazon video apps in mm-hmm. Meverse and have to s- and see what uh, uh, Meverse posters have to say about uh, 
Netflix and Amazon programming. Oh man, it's, I bet that is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing. <laughs> like I just, I'm just sitting here thinking, like I should probably do that for Supernatural for my other podcast and just to see if there's anything <laughs> funny. I might actually have to do that tonight, so that might be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty great. Um, so but, yeah, so you went. So did you? You, you, have you finished all the games, right? Like you've actually, you didn't kind of quit in the middle of any of them. No, I finished all the games. Um, I kind of had to take a break from dark souls one, um, and, uh, come back to it. Uh, when I got to the final, uh, what's his, what's his face? I'm terrible. At Gwen. Gwen. Yeah. When I got to Gwen, which from what I understand, Gwen is very parrying heavy. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, have not figured out how to parry. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I had a lot of problems with Gwen, even though a lot of people seem to uh, consider him very easy. Uh, but, yeah, I got to the end of that. Um, so, yeah, I've beaten all the games, unless you uh, uh, want to count um, the, uh, uh, the Ring City. Oh, the new DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you, what your opinion of after you spent so much time playing all of these games and kind of going backwards, what it was like picking up dark souls three as a, as a new game. Like that's the, as the most modern of those games. Was it, especially because it leans on dark souls one so hard. Was that like, did you have a good time with it? Like, was it kind of easier getting into it now that it was a little bit more modernized from what you had been playing from demons? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, and I felt like there was a, few concessions to Bloodborne, which made me happy. Um, it played a little bit more like Bloodborne than any of the Souls games. Um, just in, it just felt a little faster to me. Um, I had a really good time with it until I got to the third, like, gray cathedral. Mm-hmm. And was like, <laughs> all right, that's when the fatigue started to set in. It's like... I don't, I don't, even though the graphics are better, I don't think it's as beautiful a game as some of the other ones. Um, it's, you know, just kind of very, very gray, very kind of like sort of, I don't know, dingy. It has that, you know, PS4 clutter. Um, and it's, so it, like, I th- feel like they have like some of the best skyboxes that they've ever made in their entire life. Like, like you can look yeah. at vistas and like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how is this a video game? But like, you look at some of the areas in dark souls one, I've just find way more like visually interesting just by themselves. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. feel like I'm exploring a world in dark souls three like, that I get from dark souls one or even bloodborne, like bloodborne gives me that a little bit, but man, so there's just something about dark souls three where you're going through these environments and you're like, okay, cool next i guess i don't know if that was just burnout on my mm-hmm. part for playing the souls games for so long but I, I definitely kind of feel you on that one yeah yeah you know and there's there's things like uh the demon runes which like literally to me just felt like a chalice dungeon um and not in a good way um you know it was just like this weird modular you know maze um and uh, yeah i you know like the uh, you know gray cathedrals were just not visually engaging to me. 
Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed my time with Dark Souls three ultimately, um, at least until I got to the Ring City. <laughs> <laughs> that one really I can tell like just from your voice that you don't like that one very much at all um, I think it looks awesome um, those uh, shmup uh, angels really really fucked me up um, and especially in the uh, area right after Earthen Peak uh, which why the hell is that there um, same 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 yeah, and you go in there and you're getting fucking blasted by angels. And then all of a sudden you get cursed. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, and, you know, it's a poison. It's another poison, like, you know, thing. So you're getting it from like three directions. And there's guys like hacking at you. And um, yeah, that's that's when I was like, this is just too like antagonistic for me. Like, I I feel like I can, you know, be satisfied with the amount of the ring city that I played. It looked really cool, but you know, I pretty much uh, gave up there. Man, those, those archers at the beginning of that second area, when, once you get into the ring city proper or some of the, like the most, and I, and I recognize like it's, it's meant for you to run through Like I get it, but like, yo, that's just the, uh, what? And then the ruined sentinels, which don't make any sense at all. Like I, I just, man, there's some stuff in the ring city that just really sticks in my craw. And I, I try not to complain about it. I try not to complain about dark souls three because I recognize that people like it. I just, just the more I think about it, the more I spend time talking about it, like the more disappointing I get and more disappointed I get in actual, in that whole game. Yeah, I felt the same way, and I felt like a lot of it came retroactively, like you're saying. I felt really, uh, you know, I I enjoyed it uh, through, um, you know, even even Ariandel, I kind of I enjoyed it through, um, you know, pretty much all the way up to the point of the Ring City. Um, but the more kind of like lore videos I've watched and listening to uh, Bonfire Side Chat um, and hearing all their, you know, like all the lore like inconsistencies and whatnot. Um, yeah, I've just gotten really kind of like retroactively disappointed in the game, you know? Which is a weird I, thing, right? Like it's to to like enjoy the game okay, and then the more you think about it, the worse it gets. Like that's a weird thing for me. I don't normally do that with video games. Usually it's the yeah. opposite. The further I get away from it, like the less I, I remember it's kind of problems or clunkiness, and I, the more I enjoy the game. Like I, in my mind right now, the original Nier is completely playable and awesome, but like I really don't think it holds up particularly well. I haven't gone back yet. I'm waiting for them to put it on backwards compatibility at some point, but it hasn't happened. Well, I just ordered it, so I haven't played the first one. So <laughs> I I know that I'm in for some uh, some pain. I'll be really not not not, not to make this like <clears throat> don't give up Android or anything, but um, <laughs> I, we're going to be really curious to hear your opinions about it. Like if you ever start talking about it on Slack or something, like tag me because I want to I want to get somebody's opinions that I kind of trust that loved the this new game and then went back. So 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll definitely um, we'll definitely uh, have to discuss that. And uh, I'm sorry for bringing near up so much. I've just been like kind of like wanting to talk about it ever since I got ending E, which was about two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens to everybody, man. Like my uh, my podcast co-host for Dark Insight, he's, he got it super early. Like he you know, finished the game pretty early. And he's like, Jeremy, you have to finish this so we can t- we can do a spoiler cast. Like I need people to finish this and we're going to record for four hours and we're going to talk about Nier. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I could totally do that too. I can probably chat for four hours about Nier. Automata. Um <laughs> Anyway, get back to souls. <laughs> Is there any other uh, souls-related questions that you? Uh, oh yeah, me? yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm kind of curious of like what you're having played all of these at one time and not one time, but over like pretty much back to back from each other. Like at, when you come out of that experience, are you looking back at these games fondly? Like, are you, are you do you come out of it and go with like uh, I would play more of Souls games, or are you kind of just totally done with the series now? Uh, I would love a Bloodborne too. Um, really? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think that Bloodborne actually has the most coherent story in all of the games, um, co or, or cohesive, or maybe it's just because I prefer that aesthetically. It fits together to me mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um, but yeah, the gameplay. I mean, I would love to play. The, another game like that you know i i i would not like i would like a bloodborne 2 that is in a different setting uh maybe has the old gods but you know it's an entirely different setting i think on the slack yesterday we were talking about different settings um Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people want wild west which I, i i don't think would be a good idea but uh you know I I would like to play a from developed Souls game that's more sci-fi because I'm a big sci-fi guy. Um, I don't think I would probably play another Dark Souls game. You know, I mean, I think I will replay Souls One. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, and possibly Souls Two. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I I look back on it really fondly. And I feel like um, one of the things that I really love about these games is that um, they touch on some really interesting and mature themes, um, but they do it in a way that is like non-expository and also, you know, kind of like requires a lot of you putting the story together. And I, you know, I really get into like the story and world of games uh, that I'm playing. And I feel like it's, it's very, very rare way of storytelling, um, you know, just in like all kind of like forms of media. Um, you know, I think that it probably works better for video games. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like the games are, you know, like, very, very, like, arty and mature in their own ways. 
um, without, you know, being like a lot of the indie games that I see out there that are like, this is an art game. Yeah. <laughs> that are going for like a specific thing, like without that only basically mm-hmm. do one thing. Like it's remarkable to me that dark souls exist as a series where they touch on these mature themes and relatively mature ways without like shoving boobs in your face, even though like there is some of that, but not a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they do that and also give you like an incredible combat engine and like this incredible multiplayer experience and all of this other stuff where I feel like, and I don't play a lot of indie games. I'm not, plugged into like i don't have a gaming pc so i don't play a lot of games on pc which i feel like is where most of those live so yeah um, yeah me neither um, but, I'm but a lot boy, of my experience so with them is not... like you're doing one thing like you're, you've got one thing going and that's a good thing like yeah. that's games small games like that are great don't get me wrong but at, the way dark souls kind of pulls all that stuff together it makes it into an actual cohesive whole is remains remarkable remarkable to me mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and um yeah i mean i uh have been playing neo just to get a little bit of uh the souls fix um it's definitely not up there <laughs> i you know but i you know i'm i'm enjoying it okay um and uh you know i haven't been too satisfied with the souls likes that i played but i i'd say neo at least to me, is probably the most satisfying I've played so far. But I also really dig Yokai, so that could be part of it. Yeah, that could be. I think if you were into that aesthetic, that game's going to work for you way, way more. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Well, Paul, thank you very much for spending the time with me, man. This is this is really great. Uh, listeners don't know thank- this, but I, I had the opportunity to meet you in person. So, like, you're one of the handful of people i've actually met in person after 100 episodes of this podcast so uh that was a while back at a, at a duck feed meetup so i'm hoping that uh we can convince gary and cole to come back down to the south again so we can do i'll do another meetup i think that'd be fun i would love to do that yeah hopefully uh or maybe we just need to plan our own because i don't think they're planning on coming to austin again so <laughs> the heat drove them next time but boys if you're listening and i you know, it's okay if you're not, but boys, if you're listening, don't come to Austin in July. That wasn't a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think also, I think also, you know, I mean, they have to, they don't have a lot of money to be traveling to oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, conventions. I'm and yeah. it was a small, small, relatively small convention. So, yeah, but I think we should do our own meetup, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they're not going to come back, you know, we can, I don't know, do something. Um, we can talk about uh, near Automata for four hours. There you go. <laughs> Let's do a near meetup. We'll all cosplay together. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I call 9S. I'm just calling that out to the front. <laughs> oh, yeah. 9S is, yeah. Yeah. I could pull off those um, little boy shorts. Um, well, tell everybody, <laughs> tell everybody who's listening uh, where they can find you on the internet. Uh, so I host a game, a game by game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games called Megaten Marathon. Uh, I co-host it with, uh, Brian May and, uh, Evan Noggle, who I think will be on here soon. If yeah, not. They, they will be released the same day. So all of these, even though we're, they're being recorded kind of several weeks apart because, of schedules they'll all be coming out today so <laughs> go listen to those podcasts too everybody <laughs> yeah 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 uh and uh if you love those games and want to hear us uh 
go into insane detail about them, um, then you will probably enjoy the podcast. If uh, you're fascinated by the games, but don't think you can play, uh, make your way through a hundred hour uh, RPG that's really punishing. Um, uh, you know, it's this, this is, I think, a good, uh, you know, kind of uh, way of semi experiencing them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on all that. Uh, Megatonmarathon.com is their website. And if people want to find me, uh, I am on Twitter at, at Paul M. Davis. Um, and I don't really update it, but I've got a website, paulmdavis.com. Cool. I uh, I just want to say yeah. that I, w- I would recommend both of those, the, the Twitter as well as the podcast. I don't have any experience with SMTV. I've never played any of those games. I've never, like... I've never played a Persona game. I'm planning on playing Persona 5 as my first Persona game because so, it just looks so cool. I want to play it. But uh, I listened to yeah. a lot of the a lot of your episodes. I skipped over some of the early stuff. It was like about the books because I was like, what is this? I don't know what this is. Uh, but the it was cool that you guys like, did, did all that historical awful. stuff. Yeah, the book sounded really bad. I felt bad for you guys having to yeah. read it. Oh, my God. We're going to be doing yeah. some uh, supernatural books pretty soon, and I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, same, man. same reasons. Oh, uh, man. But thanks again for for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at DontGiveUpSkeleton.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, thank you for leaving iTunes reviews. If you haven't done that, that's a really good way to get my podcast kind of out there and known, which is really cool because it lets me get cool guests like Paul. So if you haven't done that, spend five minutes and do it. It's, it's a cool time. Thank you again, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Remember, don't give up skeleton. Awesome. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, man.